Hi, this is your mind ranting. Today is the 13th of April, 2022. I decided to take a little bit of a mental break and physical break. I have this annoying neck pain, and it could be that I'm sitting in front of a screen all day and I rarely get up to stretch so being stuck in this position has well built a knot in my neck and I'm constantly having to crack or stretch it it makes it look like I have a uh, a tick that's at least how my mother-in-law and my wife have put it and now that I look at it and now that I'm aware of it it does feel like a tick so decided to take a little bit of a break from podcasting and journaling too. I know I've been trying to keep a streak on that, but I decided to focus on getting right and understanding what my passions really are. And I think now that I realize and I can kind of go back on the idea of, you know, I think I found an extremely rewarding passion in psychology and neuroscience. I think what I really like of the two is really understanding the human brain and understanding why we do what we do. So maybe the combination of neuroscience and psychology. So what is that? Neuropsychology. That actually might be my real passion. I definitely would love to tie all these sciences together to try to be a well-rounded researcher or clinician, whichever path I decide to take. I haven't made up my mind on that yet because, well, still kind of in its infant stages. It's a curiosity that I've been itching now for a little bit over a couple years on and off. Really started with philosophy, a little bit of mathematics, and then, well, now I'm reading Bessel van der Kolk's work, The Body Keeps the Score. I've been watching a few of his videos with Victor Yalom. Um the son of Irvin Yalom, a great clinician. And I just finished Bruce Perry's work with Oprah Winfrey, What Happened to You? So quite an eventful and quite a revealing week that I've taken. I also wanted to kind of touch on the direction of this podcast I know sometimes it's all over the place and the quality has been incredibly terrible and I know I've told you all that I'm looking to do a better job and I have not held up my end of the bargain we are still trying to put together a website and well the Twitter is active but even the Twitter tends to be a little bit different. See, I have a multitude of passions 
and I don't know whether it's because of adult ADHD or, you know, just constant anxiety, but I'm very impulsive. I do have somewhat realistic goals, but at the same time, I do wing it. And I know that's unfair for this podcast. There's there's just no way I can just sit here and just wing it. There's no way I can just sit here and just pull an idea out of my ass and just kind of run with it and go with it. And I know that's not a recipe for success. It's a little bit different, but... I'm just only hurting myself and my message because, well, I don't know what the hell the message is. So I'm going to try my best to decide where we're going to go forth with this, what the podcast is going to be about. It can be a general podcast. There's too many of those out there. There's plenty of talk podcasts. And I'm sure you're tired of hearing people's opinions on matters or book recommendations or, you know, ideas on how to become a better human or to become a better parent, anything of that sort. I'm sure you're incredibly tired of that. So we're going to have to switch that. My last one, the fat rant, um, quite revealing. But the show isn't only about me. The show is about many things. What those many things are, I have to narrow down. I have to listen to... I have to listen to what the world needs and what the world wants. And the world doesn't need some guy just blabbing his mouth. They need something better. I originally just wanted it to be just, you know, like a daily journal originally when this podcast came about. Another thing is I wanted it to be a psychology, philosophy, neuroscience-based podcast. Now, I don't have the most grand expertise on any of these topics, but I've done enough reading and I've asked enough questions from people who do know what they're doing um, to be able to, to have a conversation about it. I've already watched uh, Crazy Nut Insane, uh, the documentary on Dr. Dorothy Lewis and, you know, some of her clinical work as a psychiatrist, a forensic psychiatrist, um, specifically the work of Arthur Shawcross, uh, Ted Bundy, and a handful of other people. Um, I've seen a few videos of Michael Stone on Big Think, on, you know, psychopaths, um, also Kevin Dudden, uh, James Fallon, as I mentioned before, Dr. Bessel van der Kolk, uh, David Eagleman's work, um, I just picked up some, um, 40 Tales of the Afterlife, um, I've only listened to about eight chapters, they're relatively short chapters um, 
on the audiobook, and I'll probably just get the physical one to read along with it. And it has been quite life-altering, to say the least. I know you're supposed to get a nugget out of every book, but I just love hearing these different perspectives on the afterlife. And, you know, there's a little bit of neuroscience tied into there. I can see why Derek Seavers absolutely loves it um, and inspired him to uh, write a few books. I've been reading on sports psychology. I've been understanding that trauma is an injury and it is a wound that, you know, traumatic events usually are supposed to travel um, through the hippocampal pathway, but they sometimes end up as non-declarative or uh, non-organized um, memories. And what the trauma is, is not necessarily them, you know, I can't remember if it's them reliving it. It's There's different definitions to, to what trauma is, but I know uh, Dr. Van der Kolk had mentioned that it's the body can basically shift itself to be in, to act in a manner as if the traumatic event is happening to them as they speak or, you know, as they hear about it or any bodily sensations. Um, even Dr. Bruce Perry would agree that even the scent of a cologne or of a particular deodorant, shampoo, um, the familiarity of someone's facial or, you know, physical features can trigger traumatic events. Um, and Dr. Bruce Perry will explain how, you know, certain information travels from a uh, bottom-up perspective as opposed to a top-down perspective as, you know, our frontal lobes or our neocortex or, you know, um, the critical thinking and the reasoning skills or at least the part where that that is in our brain is the last piece to receive information. A good chunk of uh, a lot of our flight fight, freeze, um, comes from the, uh, I guess the most primitive parts of the brain, you know, that would be the, the brainstem, mesolimbic system. I know Dr. Lisa Feldman Barrett doesn't like the idea of a mesolimbic system and doesn't like the idea that that particular side of the brain just basically controls emotions, those two, um, which does make sense. It's quite interesting finding out that, you know, the, that Broca's area lights up too uh, during traumatic experience. I know Broca's area and Wernicke's area have to do with speech, uh, speech and language. And it's just amazing how many different parts light up at one point. And, you know, there's, there isn't necessarily just one part, but you know, it looks like a lot of these guys and a lot of these gals say that it's the mesolimbic system that is mostly in control. And that goes back to, you know, with Michael Stone's uh, path of psycho of, uh, of, um, of the, these particular systems, you know, 
whether it be the uh, the amygdala part of the amygdala, which is part of the limbic system, you know, the hippocampus, the angular, uh, what the hell is it called? Um, I think oh the anterior cingulate cortex uh, and the orbital frontal cortex. These are the three parts of the brain that basically determine whether we want to commit crimes or not. And, you know, they basically suggest that uh, psychopaths have either an increased size or a decreased size on these various points of the brain. Um, learning about different neurotransmitters, uh, endorphins, learning about dopamine, serotonin, and a handful of other things. These are not just words that, you know, I happen to know now. I understand them in a very simplistic term. Maybe I can explain them to a five-year-old. So maybe that might be the direction that I need to go towards for this podcast. I mean, Jeff Hawkins knows about the... um, I think he had mentioned he knows about the orbital frontal cortex... Uh, the OFC, and he's a computer scientist. Um, Robert Spolatsky um, knows a, a lot about the hippocampus and various parts of the brain. I know that's what he had studied. Uh, I think he's a neurobiologist. Um, I could definitely ask these questions. And who is to say that I can't learn about these things? And who's to say that I can't have intelligent conversations? with others about it because in no way shape or form am I intelligent in no way shape or form am I the smartest nor do I prove to nor do I want to prove to be I just want to be able to prove to myself that I am capable of learning this very complex machine as to the best of my ability and how I can help move the progress needle towards a well, a better, more evolved brain. One that isn't plagued by mental disorders or um, I think Dr. Dan Siegel had mentioned it. It was like a corrupted integration of the brain. Um, and what I really like about these guys too is they most of them shit on the DSM. The DSM um, is, is fucking hilarious. Um, especially, I think it was the DSM-3, uh, Dr. Vanderkolk had mentioned that, you know, on the, pre- on the preface of, of the DSM-3, it had mentioned that these, uh, symptoms or these diagnoses should not be used for insurance or legal purposes. Unfortunately, that preface, um, or that section of the preface has been removed in DSM-4 and 5, um. That's quite interesting. He also talks a lot of shit about talk therapy and how um, that, you know, certain licenses, well, for most clinicians, their license and their plaque on the wall uh, to commemorate what fucking fancy medical school they had went to just basically gives them the ability to malpractice. He has very, very choice words for a lot of people in the mental health um, area 
specifically clinicians who ignore how the brain works or choose not to want to dive into it. So, yeah, quite epic. So maybe that's the direction I should go with. Maybe I should just go with the direction of understanding that now I see everybody as a brain that walks on two legs, uses two arms, and needs to be consistently feeded or fed. Feeded. Look at me. It's just a brain that needs to be consistently fed. And in turn, it spits out random shit. It spits out educated shit. It spits out stupid shit. Maybe I just need to talk about humans and the way that our irrationality shows up in our actions, in our thoughts, in our words, and in our digital conversations. Maybe I shouldn't do a podcast at all. Maybe I should just reconnect with who I am before I can even share a message. But then again, podcasts can be random. Podcasts can be just about anything the creator wants. So as long as they're paying attention to what people want, people need. I'm not, I can never be Dr. Andrew Huberman, Huberman, maybe until I get, you know, my licensing for it. I can't be Lex Friedman, who I absolutely adore. I can only be the best version of me, and I think the best version of me is just so random and so infatuated with music, neuropsychology, psychology, philosophy, and the occasional random fact. I think that's, that's my avenue. That is where I need to be. My randomness and this unending curiosity that probably didn't grow out of me since I was a fucking kid. I need to explore that. I need to dive deeper into it. So I think that's where I belong. And I think that might be the direction of where this podcast will will end up going. Only time will tell. I know I've promised professionalism. I have promised a much more rounded podcast. And you will get that. I will make sure to do so. That was a very dramatic uh, sigh of, yeah. Okay, that's really all. This uh, this little rant went a little bit longer than I was expecting. I just want to leave with you this just this little tidbit, just to never let go of any current passions you might have. If you need to cut something off, just make sure that you can always get back into it. If you need to take up more time with another type of passion. For me, I put music away just for a little bit, but I just can't help but to notice that, you know, I still snap my fingers. I still tap my foot. I still catch myself air drumming and I'll occasionally pick up my guitar or play my xylophone when really my passion that's been taking up a lot of my time is, you know, the, the social sciences. So yeah, if you need to deviate from one passion to work on another, by all means do it. You're not a failure. You can always go back to it. 
But then again, you could always just die the next day or within the next minute. So just prioritize. Do you think reading a passage from your book, is it going to enrich your life or is it going to keep you from achieving something musically or artistically because you want to look or sound smarter? That's something I've had to contend with. And I've been playing a lot more music this past week. So, yeah. Okay, that's all. Please take care of yourselves. Stay safe. Omnicron's back. It's oh, Excuse me. Oh, my God. Omnicron is running wild. We're just going to... We're just going to keep them coming, guys. And we're just going to have to stay safe and just see what happens. And until next time, I'll see you.